Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, welcome to Horror versus Reality. I'm Anna, and with me, as always, is Morgan. Hey, I'm here. As and, always. <laughs> as always. And our guests today are Casey and Emily from A Sprinkle of Sugar and a Dash of Murder. Hello! Hello. <laughs> I'm Casey. I'm Emily. Nice to meet you guys. Yay! Very. Excited to be here. Yeah. Okay. okay um, so today's episode is Orphan 2009 versus the Kurum case? The Kurum case. The Kurum case. That's how you pronounce it. I think so, too. Okay. I just I, I started to say Kurum, and that's just not right. <laughs> I don't think. I... <laughs> I will say, like, when we get into the real case, I am going to butcher all of the names. Um, and if, if my Czech friends are listening, Albert and Gabby, I love you and miss you. And I'm sorry, I will mispronounce everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, before we start, uh, massive content warning. After we talk about the movie, Morgan's half of the podcast, all the true crime, super content warning. Um, if you are sensitive to topics of child abuse, um, you're going to want to tune out to the second half. Um, it's not for you. You're not going to want to hear it. Just heads up. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Okay. So, Orphan, I uh, actually had the honor of uh, seeing this in theaters when it came out. I, <laughs> oh. I was trying to, yeah, I was trying to think who I saw it with, and all I can think is I either saw it with my then boyfriend or I saw it alone. <laughs> and I definitely, I definitely <laughs> went to the movies by myself sometimes. Um, oh, same. <laughs> I went to see, um. I went to see Brokeback Mountain by myself, (laughs) and I and I got um, raising Cane's chicken and smuggled it in my giant purse (laughs) and ate like a whole chicken dinner while watching Brokeback Mountain. That is the funny image. I bet um, everyone smelled you coming into the movie theater. <laughs> Nobody smells really me. delicious. There were definitely people. <laughs> it was. I've snuck in a uh, chicken chalupa and a Crunchwrap Supreme. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> nice. Excellent. Nice. 
Yeah, when we saw Gone Girl, I had that big purse. Oh, we brought a lot of candy and sodas. We we may have snuck beer into the theater. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think we had beer, sodas, candy. Oh, I think I even picked up sushi. <laughs> I don't. I, 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 brought, I brought popcorn from Target down the uh, street. Oh, that's right. You got the popcorn. Oh <laughs> my the god! Fresh popcorn from a machine, and Target's right down the street from the movie theater. But <laughs> it's like half the price of the movie theater popcorn. Yeah. Oh, that's clever. You know, one time, I, you know, I wasn't as clever. I brought um, soda and I put it in a water bottle and I one of those Camelback water bottles that oh. has like a little <laughs> in it, you yeah. know. And so I didn't realize that when I'd open it up, that the carbonation would make it explode out <laughs> like a fountain. Oh, and no. And I was in the back row. I must have sprayed three rows ahead of me. <laughs> Just showered them with soda. Oh no! <laughs> wow, I would have been so mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> I was one of those people. I was like, and you know the reaction of it—you don't stop. You just hold it there and watch it happen, and not believe it's actually happening. Oh so God. I didn't react fast enough to Good job. <laughs> I would have just looked behind me at like the wall and be like, "What the fuck was that? I don't, I don't know what that was." <laughs> Who did that? Some effects for this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those 4D movies. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, Orphan 2009 is a psychological horror film directed by Jaume Colette Seurat. <laughs> that might be totally Ooh. wrong, but that's how I'm going with it. It might be Colette Seurat. I don't know. We're just gonna... Yeah, that's how you pronounce it. That's what I'm <laughs> <with>. <laughs> um, It was written by David Leslie Johnson from a story by Alex Mace. It stars Vera Farmiga, Peter Sarsgaard, Isabel Furman, CCH Pounder, Jimmy Bennett, and esteemed character actress Margot Martindale for anyone I... who's ever watched BoJack Horseman. I love oh my her. gosh, yes! <laughs> I, I love, love her. her. She's also in Sneaky Pete. Ah, I've Not never familiar. watched Sneaky Pete. I call him Stinky Pete. Stinky Pete. <laughs> <laughs> like Toy Story. <laughs> yeah. There's there's an episode of Bob's Burgers where Linda is roped into selling sex toys at a passion party <laughs> with the like goofy blonde hairdresser that comes in the restaurant and um, one of the vibrators is shaped like a bear like a little teddy bear like it looks like the honey bear is what it looks like but in vibrator form and it's called the stinky pee <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I just like that <laughs> I want one <laughs> what a name <laughs> Oh gosh, I just think they could, the name could be better. <laughs> it could be, but I mean. Bob's Burgers. It, yeah. yeah, it's Bob's Burgers. <laughs> if it was on a different cart, like, you know, honestly, that's getting away easy. If it was on, like, Family Guy or South Park, it would have been way worse. Yeah. I've been like, stanky Pete. <laughs> <laughs> or who knows what. <laughs> 
centers on a couple who after the death of their unborn child adopt a mysterious nine-year-old Russian girl um, <clears throat> so this movie was uh, actually produced by Leonardo DiCaprio what? it was? yeah he's one of the producers he's not the only producer but he is one right. of the oh wow I didn't know he was into that <laughs> yeah, he was the producer along with Robert Downey Jr.'s wife, Susan Downey, and Joel Silver. Whoa. Yeah, so <laughs> that, that, I, that just blew my mind a little bit. Yeah, so some like bigger people produced this. This is certainly a Hollywood horror film. You know, it yeah. had a big it had a big budget. It grossed <laughs> seventy eight million worldwide. Like it's a blockbuster horror film. Right. Right. Um but Really, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, bad taste? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I mean, it's just, it's just kind of, there's some trashy elements to the movie, but it's also really beautiful. Like, the way, like, the way it's shot. Like, the house they live in is gorgeous. Yeah. The house is really cool. Like, it, I mean, it was bothering me that they had such a nice house but then when she they were playing basketball outside, they were playing basketball on gravel. Like, come on. Splur. Before pavement. I was just, yeah, that was pottery. Architect. Like, he is? I missed that part. Yeah, he's an architect. There's a scene wow, where he's upstairs, he and he's, like, on one of those architect things. Oh, uh, you know, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. He's always drawing. Yeah, you're right. I was wondering how... They were so rich because they looked like they neither they never worked. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, she was a piano teacher, and she could just teach piano whenever she felt like because her husband's this you know rich fellow, and he yeah. I guess builds buildings whenever he feels like or whatever. And um, mm-hmm. she also used to be a professor at Yale. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, they have money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, What's there it? are a lot of... <laughs> there are a lot of mixed reviews to this film. Some people praised it for its dark humor. But a lot of critics found it, like, you know, predictable and formulaic. And a lot of um, child adoptive groups hated this movie because they thought it made orphans look evil. Oh, well, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have two brothers that are adopted from China, and I didn't really take it from that. <laughs> you know, everybody's got to be in their bonnet about something, right? Yeah, I mean, really, they made the nuns look really nice. They did. Yeah. I mean, it was ACH <laughs> Which I actually, um, I re- went through and watched behind-the-scenes footage and read a bunch of interviews from cast members from when they were doing, you know, uh, promotional stuff for the film. And um, they actually wrote the nun part with CCH Pounder in mind. So they wrote oh, that part cool. for her. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it's not a very big part at all, but they wrote it for her. Huh. Yeah. So the movie opens to a pretty gruesome scene. Kate's having a nightmare. Kate is um, Vera Farmiga's character, by the way. And the mother of the family. Um, 
so she's having a nightmare about when she had a stillbirth of their third child. And it's this horrific, surrealistic nightmare where um, she thinks that the baby's still alive, but it's been dead and it's like uh, phantom fetal syndrome or something. Yeah. Morgan, do you know what the official term for that is called? No, I do not. And I'm not going to pretend like I do. (laughs) Okay. I had to ask, you know. You're a nurse. Ah, OB is hey, not my thing. Thank <laughs> you. Oh, nice. <laughs> I still don't know either, though. <laughs> All right. Well, I had to give it a try. I'm I'm a journalist. <laughs> I just know it as fetal demise, but that's yeah. That's like it. Fair enough. So yeah, it's a gruesome scene, and then she's like imagining that the doctor delivering is her husband. But she's also calling out for her husband. And it's just, it's really nightmarish scene. There's a lot of blood everywhere. Um, so yeah, that's how you find out that uh, their third child was stillborn. Her name would have been Jessica. And um, you also later find out in the film that she has like a greenhouse in the back of their house that has a potted rose bush of beautiful white roses. And... Uh, Jessica's ashes are in that plant. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's clear that they're they're trying to kind of heal from this. And so they decide to adopt a nine-year-old Russian girl. But before they, you know, they they go to the orphanage to look around and figure out who they want. And they rotate immediately to the bizarrely dressed old time <laughs> Russian girl who's painting in the corner by herself. Like three floors above the party by herself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the child you're like, this one. She's ours. Right. <laughs> I mean, I can see it from um, oh gosh, what's the mom's name again? Kate. I can see it from Kate's point of view because she's kind of artistic in that and so then she sees that side of her and thinks it's really like she's really unique and she, you know she wanted taken the outcast that's fair yeah i could see it <laughs> not me i'd be like this one's anti-social <laughs> <laughs> i you know if i'm being honest if i was in that situation and i felt like i had a mothering bone in my body i might uh <laughs> You know, bond with the child over her brilliance or whatever. But, yeah. It's hard to put myself in that situation because I don't want children. Like, (laughs) ever. (laughs) And, like, you know, I'm getting into the the later years of, of, you know, when most people stop having kids. (laughs) <laughs> your your <laughs> clock's a ticking, <laughs> so you're not feeling that uh, natural. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I just I I don't. Never mind. I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> well, I'm currently pregnant, so I don't really have a choice. <laughs> no, no offense. Like it's not for everyone. I'm not. No, yeah, yeah. It's definitely not. I don't. I mean, I'm not offended by if you want to have kids or not. <laughs> but congrats. Well, we're from the deep south, and some people would take that as a personal affront. Oh, <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> yeah, no, not here in Chicago. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, nobody cares about whatever you do in Chicago. <laughs> We're from the greater Jackson, Mississippi area. Oh, okay. okay. Neither of us live there now. Yeah. We no. escaped, but that's where escaped. <laughs> There's family members that might be deeply uh, offended by that statement, but I say suck it, guys. I got out of there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Sister Abigail seems um, that's one of the nuns, obviously. She seems like pretty excited to get rid of Esther and pretty glad that they're bonding with her and want to take her home. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, I can draw the paperwork today. Like, is that Which is that's not yeah, it seems a little word. quick for adoption. Yeah, like yeah, they had like conversation, right? Yeah. That's what I I really didn't like about this movie. The whole process of adopting her was just like, okay, you live with us now. Right, okay, the day we met you, they really right. glossed over that process. Yeah. And even with that too, like like you said, they glossed right over it. Like I, they kind of mentioned that they've been doing paperwork and everything, but they just showed up. Found a girl, and like even in America, are there even orphanages? Don't aren't all of them in like the foster system? I don't even know. Question? I don't know. No, I don't know. If it's there the are orphanages. orphanages. Yeah, it's like Catholic orphanages. Orphanages. Um, okay. and stuff. Gosh, I'm trying to think of the one. There were quite a few that went to school with me, and they like really? rode, yeah, the they, like, rode the bus from the orphanage to school and then like back to the orphanage, and everyone knew which ones were the orphans. Yeah, that oh, it was wow. the the Sunnybrook home was in like Ridgeland. Uh, I've was never seen one. that here. Closer to Clinton, I think I want to say it might have been in Clinton. Shit, I can't remember what it was called though. Yeah, I can't even think of a single orphanage. I've never, you know, when I was I've never in, even seen one because we went to China. <laughs> yeah, we went to like a I went to an orphanage in China. That's. So I didn't think they were even in America, to be honest. Wow. <laughs> they are. Uh, when I was a child, um, we practiced. We practiced. The town, like uh, the community, would do plays and stuff, you know. And I think we were practicing for the Prince and the Pauper. And for several weeks, it was called the Children's Village. For several weeks, for some reason, our play practice was at the orphanage. Uh, oh what? yeah! Wow, I'm not sure why it was like in their auditorium. Yeah, hmm. so well. we took we took the basketball court away from the orphans for like. What the fuck? Their only joy and happiness, and people with families <laughs> come in and like, <laughs> we're doing a play on poor people. Anyway, so they bring Esther home, and um, uh, Max who is the five-year-old deaf daughter, takes to her instantly. She likes her. She wanted a sister. Mm -hmm, but yeah. 
their eldest child, Daniel, does not like her at all and mm -hmm. resents her presence. And it's obvious. Mm -hmm. um, Max, by the way, is deaf. And uh, you find out later in the movie that she's deaf because mom, uh, who is a recovering alcoholic, and she was so drunk one night that she didn't notice that her daughter fell into the lake in the backyard. Yeah, that's scary. That's terrifying. Yeah, that's fucked up. So, which honestly, that's probably what happened to Kaylee Anthony. <sighs> uh, yeah, she fell into the pool. She fell into the pool, drowned, and then Casey flipped and didn't know what to do. That's what I think happened. And then her whole family covered it up. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about something else. <laughs> no yeah, yeah. We went into the Casey Anthony trial. That's just my oh. story. Okay. On what happened I, see, I see. She's I trying like, to be like a friend. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, just so you guys know, uh, we rapidly go off on tangents. So just keep that's going. okay. We're familiar <laughs> with that. <laughs> so that was my Casey Anthony tangent. That's just my theory. And she's trying to be a private detective right now. She is. Is she really? Oh no. <laughs> yeah. 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 I heard okay. that on last podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that on there too. Nice. So, um alcoholic mom. Yeah. <laughs> start happening um pretty much right when she moves in. <laughs> yeah, cuz she totally interrupted um what's his name? Blake. What is it? Brian. What's the the son? Daniel. Daniel. Yeah, sorry. I know it's my brother's name. <laughs> One of them. <laughs> um, yeah, Daniel. I mean, she comes in and interrupts his Guitar Hero game. Like, what a bitch! He was so playing a, by the way, he was playing a Rise Against song. Yeah, on Guitar Hero. He's killing it, Dad. <laughs> Pay attention to me, Dad. <laughs> killing it. All right. Um actually a really good song though like seriously <laughs> uh yeah so but even better than her interrupting that is uh she interrupts this steamy scene between john and kate oh my god yeah. yes. they're Gross. in the kitchen and John's horny right now, and he wants to the, <laughs> he wants to fuck in the kitchen. And Kate's like, "No, we have three children. Any one of them could walk in. Like, this is not a good idea. Because legitimately, that's a terrible idea. One of <laughs> yeah. them, one of them will walk in. As a child who walked in on her parents once at a young age, <laughs> oh, <God>. oh, no." <laughs> For the love of God, do that behind a locked door. <laughs> Please. And make sure and that your child doesn't know how to pick locks, because that's how I saw. <gasps> oh, no! <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and she caught it at such a bad angle, too. Like, she saw everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Well, because so <laughs> a side view of doggy style. <laughs> yeah. Like doggy style against the counter. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, that was not and the most public stupid, part of your house. But that was stupid of them because they're not even. Yeah, like they're right by the stairs, and the stairs are blocked off, so she couldn't even. They couldn't even see her coming. It was just as soon as she turned the corner, she'd see them. Be like, <laughs> "Hey, guys." Yeah, like what a terrible idea. Yeah, they have That's like awful. 50 rooms in that house. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big enough house. <laughs> you just casually more spicy. I don't know. Sneak out to the garage in the car. They're less likely to find you there. No, right? Go do it in the treehouse. <laughs> oh, sure. The kids shouldn't be outside. Really give them a, a run for their money if they catch you there. <laughs> anyway, so. Then that that scene, they make it look like she was spying on them on purpose. And I mean, I guess she probably was, since we know what we know because we've seen the movie. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but also she was in her house, <laughs> just mind yeah. her own business. <laughs> yeah. So the mom, Kate, immediately is like, "What the fuck?" You can already see wheels turning your in her head. Like, what's wrong with this kid? You know. <laughs> so the next day she comes in and she's like hey we need to have the talk and Esther just turns and looks at her and is like yeah I know they <laughs> oh my just god real chill about it yeah I know they fuck like real flippant. okay, real flippant, and then that's when Kate's like alarm flags really wave. What the fuck? Yeah, she knows she does... way too much for a nine year old. This yeah. is not mm-hmm. good. Like what happened to her at the orphanage, or the people who had her before that, or her actual parents? What environment has she been in? She's worried right. what Esther's going to spread to her kids. Yeah. So, John is like, you know, maybe they were just trashy people that had her before and she saw some things or maybe she even picked it up from school, you know? Let's just talk to her about it and it's going to be no big deal. And Mm -hmm. John throughout the movie is very, like, absent. (laughs) Yes, but I mean, like... He's very hesitant to put any blame on us. Yeah. Right. And he's very, you know, ready to put lots of blame on Kate because you find out that he's had an affair and that, you know, she was a terrible alcoholic and is the reason why, you know, probably the reason why they had a stillborn and probably and definitely the reason why their middle child is deaf. Well, youngest, mm-hmm. youngest child is deaf. So there's a lot of resentment there between the two of them that's like just under the surface. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's another scene where um, Esther's outside and Daniel's outside as well. And he's like fucking around with a paintball gun. And in a really cruel uh, way he shoots right at a pigeon and hits it 
and he hurts it. He didn't think he would hurt it, but I mean, like, what did you think? Come on, it's gonna happen. Yeah, like <laughs> shoot at a target, you asshole. And he's like taking the heads off these toys. Like, really, you don't think that by taking the head off of a plastic toy, you're not gonna hurt a bird with that? Yeah, yeah. like ugh, this guy's. There's a lot of things he wrong did. with this whole family. <laughs> clearly. Yeah. You know, he was probably old enough to remember and witness some of his mom being drunk and problematic and the um, thing that happened to his younger sister as well. Yeah. So, yeah. He's already fucked. <laughs> right. I mean, he's clearly got some issues going on already. Definitely. Like, anger issues, resentment issues, um, abandonment issues. Just a lot of shit going on. Just there. to name a few. <laughs> yeah, a few. Um, so Esther sees this and she's like, oh, we have to put it out of its misery. <laughs> <laughs> we have Sorry. to say das Danya to the pigeon. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So then she gets a brick and smushes its skull in. Oh my god. She's terrible. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, at that point in the movie, you can just dismiss it as being, like, super Russian. Mercy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Death is better. <laughs> I'm sorry if my Russian accent is terrible to our fans in Russia. Please. Please don't <laughs> stop. <laughs> I won't. I'm not. You kidding. love accents. Thank you. Even thank you. Um, so, yeah. Kate's convinced that there's something fucking wrong with her at this point. Um, because right after the pigeon incident, <clears throat> on her first day of school, or, like, maybe the second or third day, anyway, when she first gets introduced... One of her, like, clearly more popular pretty little girl classmates, like, makes fun of the way she dresses. And like I said, she dresses like a little girl from, like, the 30s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With, like, ribbons around her neck and her wrists, and she's super dainty and girly. And Kate's character even says, you know, like, are you sure you want to wear that to school? Like, you're gonna get picked on. Oh. And she's like, I thought it was okay to be different. <laughs> and then so you know she goes on to school <laughs> and uh yeah but then she ends up pushing this girl and breaking her arm <laughs> ankle ankle a ankle yeah. sorry the arm is happens later too well yeah, that's I'll get, we'll get there <laughs> we'll get there anyway so yeah she breaks her ankle and um at this point Kate's like yeah I'm pretty sure she like did this shit on purpose for real. I don't trust this kid. <laughs> so, um, Sister Abigail comes for the home visit and says that, look, I think I may have made a mistake. Um, <laughs> it seems like there's not a lot of like paperwork on her, and the paperwork that we do have indicates that there's been some like really tragic events in her life like the people who um had adopted her from 
Russia to America, like died in this tragic house fire. And um, she barely made it out alive. And we just don't know much about her. And um, Esther kills Sister Abigail, like as she's leaving, basically, and pushes her body into a ditch and forces. Um, Max? Forces Max and Daniel, too, because he spies on her later on, but basically forces them to keep mum about the true nature of who she is, or she'll, you know, kill him. And um, basically tells Max the same thing. Like, you know, I'll, I'll fucking kill you guys if you tell your parents that I killed, you know, that I'm a bad person and I killed this person. She doesn't say all this in these words. I'm just breezing through this part. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Kate's like, maybe we should take her to... Kate's saying everything from maybe we should take her to a therapist to maybe we should, you know, reconsider this adoption. And John's super dismissive about everything, as usual, because John's (laughs) fucking useless, honestly. (laughs) Pretty much, honestly. He doesn't believe anything she says at all. Yeah. Not at all. So... They have some serious trust issues. Serious (laughs) trust issues. of them. You know, so the body uh, of Sister Abigail, um, well, the evidence from the murder, like the hammer, is hidden in Daniel's treehouse. And um, Kate, like I said earlier, is convinced that something is nefarious. So she starts digging into Esther's past. And this is when she finds out that Esther came from Estonia, uh, not even Russia, the place where she was adopted from, and that it's not actually a an orphanage that she was adopted from, but a mental hospital called the Sarn Institute. Now, she's at first she's like, well, maybe her mother was, you know, at the institute. Maybe she was even born at the institute herself. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, just no way she was a crazy kid. Like, you know, she just yeah. isn't sure exactly what's going on there. Right. Um, And, you know, the, the one person who speaks English is basically like, there's no way she came from here. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, there's just no real records of her. Um, but she's looking into it further, and she's kind of waiting for a callback um, to learn more about the background. Um, so Daniel uh, actually learns about Sister Abigail's death from Max, you know, later on in the film, not all at the same time. And he finds the hammer and is basically like, hey, I'm going to tell mom and dad then um, they'll finally believe us and we'll get rid of her and we'll be done with this. We'll be safe. But of course, Esther heard him and locks him in the treehouse and sets it on fire. You know. What a bitch. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I also, do. like, how yeah. are you going to explain this to Kate? 
at this point. Yeah, honestly. Seriously. Um, and the grandmother who's there too. Yeah, the grandmother. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think the arm part's already happened. So let me explain that. Um, so the grandmother's there because the night before, Esther, as supposedly as a gesture of um, you know goodwill to her mother, doing something nice for her, went into the greenhouse and cut the previously mentioned bush. Where Jessica's ashes are. So she cuts those roses on purpose. As supposedly of, you know, a nice thing. And gives them to Vera Farmiga's character, Kate. And Kate fucking loses it. You did this on mm-hmm. purpose. And, like, grabs her by the arm. But not really very hard. But then later, yeah. but then later in the night, Esther goes down to um, John's workshop. And, like, puts her arm in a vice and squeezes it until it breaks. That makes that makes me want to vomit. Like, oh, so gross. a rough scene. I don't yeah. like that. Yeah, so then she goes back upstairs, gets in bed, and he's like, Daddy! Daddy! <laughs> and then he comes in there and sees what happens, and she's like, my arm still hurts from mommy. <laughs> and, you know, of course... He's like, wouldn't that take you to the emergency room right now? And then, you know, this makes Vera Farmiga's character, Kate, look really bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, because Esther is no dummy, she's like dug wine bottles out of tra- the trash and shit to make it look like Kate's relapse. Yeah. So John's like, Look, you broke her arm. I found wine bottles around the house. You're going to go to rehab or I'm going to take the kids and leave your ass. And she's like, okay, I'll go. I'll go. But do not let Esther near our children. Fuck that bitch. (laughs) Yeah, really. Yeah. Um, But of course, again, John's like, you're really screwed up. <laughs> uh, God. You need to get your shit together. Just totally doesn't believe her. Like it all. <laughs> I love that line where he's like, or she's like, I'm tired of connecting these dots for you. And I'm like, exactly. Like, he just doesn't see it. He's useless. Well, yeah. And like, even her therapist is against her. Which yeah. Is so <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Esteemed actress, character actress Margot Martindale is. Ready to lock her up for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Calls her a liar. Yeah, no. (laughs) I felt so bad for her. She's like, I'm not crazy. And everybody's like, Yeah. Yeah. Your therapist is telling you you're crazy. I think that means something. (laughs) Like, no, you don't understand. I'm being gaslit by this monster that I adopted. After 10 (laughs) minutes of meeting her. While she's alone. So weird. Yeah, really. Bad decision. So. Um, yeah. So, uh, obviously, we're going, we're jumping back to um, the fire. She looks outside and sees Daniel on the fire and him falling out of the treehouse. And everything, and um, they rush him to the hospital. He's unconscious, but alive. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Esther, the grandma, and Max are in the waiting room. And um, the grandma's basically supposed to be keeping an eye on Esther. Esther is like, can I have a dollar for the drink machine? <laughs> and, you know, he, the grandma at first is like, now your mom said you're not supposed to move. She wants you right here. But then, you know, Esther gives her the puppy dog eyes and she gets the dollar and walks to the drink machine. Except that she doesn't. She walks past the drink <laughs> machines and goes all the way down to Daniel's room and fucking, like, unplugs Smart. him and then puts a pillow over his face and tries to smother him. And he does flatline for a minute there. And you think he's dead, but then you find out later on that he actually survives this, but is in a coma. I, okay, I actually have to comment. I thought that was so clever for her to put the pulse ox on her finger. Yeah. You know, the thing that reads the oxygen. She put mm-hmm. it on her finger so that while she's smothering him, the people, it's the alarms start going off. Yeah, yeah. it was crazy. Because I was like, wow, that is actually really smart. That yeah, was a really <laughs> smart moment. You're right. Diabolical. <laughs> yeah. So then, of course, like, once the machines are going off, she sneaks out, rounds the corner, and you hear the, like, code whatever go over the mm-hmm. loudspeaker. And Vera Farmiga is immediately like, it's Daniel, what has that witch done? And she rounds the corner, and Esther's just, you know, casually drinking whatever drink she got out of the drink machine. And Vera Farmiga's like, what did you do? And she slaps her so hard across the face. Oh, it's so great. It is so satisfying. It calls her a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. What did you do to her, bitch? Yeah. Um, Also, Max does have an inkling that, you know, she's going to do something. Doesn't exactly catch her red-handed. All she knows is that she sees that she's not at the drink machines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So... Kate gets like sedated after slapping the daughter in front of oh, Esther at in front of like all this hospital staff, I and like then they like they would not do that at all. <laughs> no, yeah, that's right? not okay. No, yeah, it's <laughs> not. They have to have a visitor with them, <laughs> right? You know they, nothing about them. <laughs> I know. Uh. They sedate her and immediately, you know, like take her up to the crazy wing or whatever and have her under surveillance. Um, <laughs> and John and Esther and Max go home. And John gets like a giant glass of wine and is clearly like barely holding it together. <laughs> And just <laughs> yeah. trying oh. to drink away his sorrows, and he like blurry eyed opens his eyes, and you see the shape, the outline of Esther, and you can slowly start to make out her face. And she has like ripped up one of Kate's outfits and slutted it up to make it fit her and look like lingerie almost. And she's oh. also. She's also put her hair up and put, like, a shit ton of makeup on her face and is basically trying to fucking seduce John. Okay, this annoyed me so much because I can knock back a bottle of wine 
and like have a buzz. Like I'm not plastered like that. Like he was like, did he take a sleeping pill with it? Like I would understand that. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Don't be such a wimp. I think (laughs) she drugged him. Oh, Oh, maybe. I was wondering that, but I never saw it actually happen. Yeah, I show it, but I wouldn't be surprised if she drugged him. Yeah, that they, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, but I yeah, mean. I think they should have shown that because I'm like, wow, what a pussy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, there's actually like a lot of speculative things that they don't really show, which I'll get into in a little bit. But just so you know, there were a lot of rough drafts and things before the final, where they they actually changed a lot of stuff in here. For instance, that oh. scene that I'm just talking about, um, where she's trying to seduce John. Originally, it was way more overtly sexual and and gross. Well, she's actually a child, this actress, so good things. (laughs) Yes, she is. Uh, Isabel Furman. Um, Well, she's an adult now because, you know. Oh, yeah. She was like 13 in 2009, but whatever. Um, Anyway, not the point. So... (laughs) So, um, also, originally in the script, her her attempt on Daniel's life was successful. She originally, oh, yeah, God. originally she kills him, but um, I guess they thought that would be too extreme for. I want to say, did, did this was this PG thirteen or did it make it to an R rating? Do you know? Does anyone it's know? R. It's R. It's R. Okay. Yeah, it's R. I couldn't remember, but I guess they thought that would be too much, and they ended up changing it and making it to where Daniel survives. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. But honestly, I kind of think it would have been better if she had killed him. (laughs) (laughs) Daniel. (laughs) Damn, Daniel. You had a bad attitude, okay? (laughs) And you're just a fictional character, so I'm not being callous. (laughs) <laughs> just didn't like your attitude yeah anyway <laughs> so he's she's like talking to him and she's like John I love you <laughs> and, and he's like and he's like no I don't love you like that you confused you know? little girl yeah Daddy, I like you very much. <laughs> you don't you don't know how long I've waited for a daddy like you. <laughs> it's really creepy and skeezy. Yeah. I like you like you. <laughs> yeah. I like you like you. <laughs> I don't know why she thought that plan would work. Like, I'll be your daughter first. That will make you really think of me as sexual. Like, okay. <laughs> you know what her problem is? She, If she had just waited it out a little longer, she might could have killed off the mom. And then maybe she could have drugged him with, like, something a little stronger. And then maybe she could have gotten something to happen. Right. <laughs> she was, you know what? She was just uh, too eager for the D. <laughs> <laughs> She wasn't willing to wait. She was yeah. too thirsty. Um. So now you see, she was way too thirsty. So now you see, uh, Vera Farmiga like coming out of the drug stupor that they put her in at the hospital, and her phone rings and it kind of wakes her up. And the guy from 
the uh, Institute because she had sent a picture, she had like faxed a picture of Esther to them or something or emailed. And he's like, look, if that's who you say it is, um, she's extremely dangerous. Get your family out of the house. She's going to try to fuck your husband. And if she doesn't get her way, she is going to murder him. Oh, God. This is pretty much what he says. I'm paraphrasing, but it's basically what he tells her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, so Vera Farmiga, despite the fact that she's only recently been he- been heavily sedated, breaks out of the hospital <laughs> and uh, is speeding home in her car now. In a snowstorm. In a snowstorm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a shitty car. <laughs> yeah. It's super, super safe. Um, so she's like, I gotta go, you know, rescue John and my family. And I mean, to be fair, sure, but why didn't you just call the fucking cops? Yeah. Right. I know. Don't be a hero. I'm sorry, (laughs) you're heavily sedated. There's a snowstorm. For the love of God, just stay in your hospital bed. Call 911. Ride it out, lady. She Uh did call 911 at some point, but she was already, like, on the way, right? Yeah. Yeah. She called after she'd already knee-jerk reaction, jumped in her car, and, you know, got into DWI territory. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, maybe that's no big deal for Kate, you (laughs) alky. I mean, real harsh on Kate for no reason. I'm sorry, Kate. I mean, she could pay the legal fees. You know, that's true. You know, she wasn't thinking. Her babies were in danger. And her husband was in danger, even though she might want to stab him herself at some point. Yeah. All right. So she's on the way. Um, now we're back in, you know, John's like, go to your room to Esther because he has rebuffed her sexual advances and she's super pissed about it. So you see her in her room and she like kind of smears her makeup. And looks like Alice Cooper. Yes. <laughs> and her, the act of her smearing her makeup kind of makes her look a little older. Right. And then she takes these prosthetic teeth out. And she has these gnarly, gross teeth. Right. Black teeth. Yeah. Also, John at some point was supposed to take her to the dentist. And she's like, I don't want to go to the dentist. Yeah. Oh. yeah. This is yeah. why. Because you're a grown-ass woman. And they would know instantly from the right, from your to your actual teeth yeah. that you're not a child. And they would rat you out. Right. Which is a damn good reason to not want to go to the dentist. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't want to go to the dentist. <laughs> I do, actually. I need to make an appointment. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I didn't lose my last baby tooth until I was in my mid-20s. Oh. Yeah, I've got some weird pituitary shit going on. It's cool. Well, then, yeah, make an appointment. Good reminder. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll get it done. You know. <laughs> Look, I'm not thrilled to go to any doctor's office during COVID, is all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm avoiding that shit like the V-plague. It Oregon, is. I, it, I mean, I guess it's a plague, right? It is a plague. <laughs> It's so pandemic. weird. We've been saying that. Well, yeah, but you know, we've been saying that phrase for so long, and now it actually fits. Yeah. <laughs> it's been like a hundred years since the last one. You know, 
Mm-hmm. Spanish flu, yep. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> so, she comes out and, you know, threatens John and they tussle and she stabs him and that's what you get for being a dumb bitch, John. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> Seriously. Didn't he didn't feel even, bad for like, that. <laughs> I don't get for him. So Kate pulls up. Like, he could have fought her off way. Sorry. He could have fought her off way harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like, she's, right. She's a child. She's well, twice she's the time. Yeah, she's a 33 year old dwarf that weighs like maybe 100 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Like, he could have. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Fought her off. But he's like, oh, I'm so drunk on a bottle of wine. Yeah. <laughs> Let's assume that she drugged him, or else we're no. the good name of Peter Sarsgaard's acting ability. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, really, I really think he was drunk. Yeah, John's just a little bitch. Yeah, <laughs> I, I prefer to think that. Man. <laughs> anyway, so John's dead. Um, Kate has made it home. She's rushed in. She's found John's body, and she is sobbing and freaking out. Um, and now she's trying to find Max. Um. <laughs> I lost where I was thinking in the story for a minute there. The Don't find me. She comes in, and doesn't, doesn't she stab her, too? First? No, they have a tussle, and... Um, oh, she, she shoots goes, her in the arm. Yeah, she grabs a gun and attempts. Uh, Lena is her actual name. Um, Esther. Uh, she grabs a gun and attempts to shoot Max, who's in the greenhouse, and Kate breaks through the roof and lands on top of her. Um, then they kind of have a tussle and end out on the frozen pond and they break through the ice and uh, they both float back up. Um, Lena's like trying to pull Kate down and then she, when they both rise back up, Kate is mostly out of the ice and Lena's like, you know, pleading with her and she has a knife too like um yeah she stabbed her a couple of times under the water yeah she did stab yeah. her by there in, in there um but yeah she looks at her after all that happens and it's like please don't kill me mommy <laughs> and, and a great line that they actually yes. borrowed from the ring too oh um, yeah uh kate kicks her into the water and says, I'm not your mommy, bitch. <laughs> oh the way she kicks God. her, she, like, instantly breaks her neck. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she like, kicks all those rotten teeth are now falling out. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, that is Orphan. Um, I'm also going to read you guys uh, some fun, like, uh, behind-the-scenes facts and stuff. Oh, other, yeah, than okay. the, other than the few that I've already told you. <laughs> um, so, give me a minute. 
ゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥルトゥ
I was thinking we could make it a little boozy by adding. I couldn't. I was like, maybe vodka or rum. Definitely yeah. rum. Yeah, or like even maybe some Bailey's in there. Hold on, what's it happening? Half and half. It has okay. half and half vanilla syrup and, and Coke. Coke. Oh, vanilla vodka would be good. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Sailor Jerry's would be good in it too. Ooh, I Sailor can't drink Sailor Jerry's. You what can't drink Sailor, Sailor Jerry's? Jerry's, Morgan. You're who introduced me to Sailor Jerry's. I know, <laughs> but I turned into a crazy, crazy person on dark liquor. <laughs> oh no, Morgan. I feel so yeah. sad for you. The yeah. fun we used to have with Sailor Jerry's. I know. <laughs> oh no, I just, I just can't do whiskey or dark liquor at all anymore. I get really. Get really upset easily at brick walls and stuff. <laughs> That's why you're a gin girl now. Yeah, because okay. uh, what is it? Um, alcoholics last resort. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the show, on the show, um, Friday night dinner. It's a British um, sitcom. Mm -hmm. the, the mother calls the gin her her sad juice. <laughs> yeah, no, it was called uh, Mother's Ruin by all of the British for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Yes. it's funny. Um, yeah, they said gin just like ruined all um, families in the like early 19th century to late 19th century. Well, yeah. Try some gin sometime. You yeah, never had gin? Gin. Never had gin. Maybe like in a mixed drink. Even though I've had gin. Well, that's my grandma, but yeah. <laughs> my favorite yeah. saying is gin makes you sin, makes a nature bend. <laughs> What's the last portion? <laughs> gin makes you sin, makes your nature bend. Uh, <laughs> makes your nature bend. I don't know what that means. It makes your nature bend your good nature oh, oh i see, I see. <laughs> really slow over here <laughs> wow maybe i'll so be a little guys, faster so guys i have my trivia i found it like five minutes oh. ago but i was oh, enjoying what was happening okay <laughs> um so the wardrobe of Esther is was actually inspired by Isabel Furman herself. Um, she showed up to the weirdo. audition wearing Sorry. an old-fashioned dress with ribbons around her wrist and neck, and they wrote that into the screenplay. All right, oh. kiddo. <laughs> Originally, the actress was also supposed to be, like, platinum blonde, similar to um, the main character in the 1955 film The Bad Seed. Yes, but, but instead, Probably. since Isabel Furman naturally had brown hair, they just kept her hair color like that instead of making her wear a wig. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it fits. Yeah, I think it's good. Um, I do love the bad seed though. That's a great movie. Yeah, me too. Okay, so like I told you guys earlier. That seduction scene was supposed to be way longer and way more sexually graphic, but it got cut. Thank mm -hmm. goodness. Yeah. Um, uh, the director uh, allowed Isabel Furman to do that scene where she talks about the fuck. Uh, he allowed her to, to do that in only like one or two takes so she wouldn't have to swear a bunch. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. nice of him. Wasn't it? <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> if you look at the um, most popular um, sign for the movie, poster. <laughs> if you look at the most popular poster for the movie, um, if, I, if it looks really like unsettling to you, that's because that's not an actual photo straight of her face. It's half of her face mirror imaged so that her face would look perfectly symmetrical. Oh. Yeah, then that's why it's like a little more unsettling than how she actually looks in the movie. Interesting. Oh, I see it now. Yeah. You're looking it up right now. If you look at the pigtails, they're exactly Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I yeah. see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, it does make it creepier. Yeah. So um, the little actress who plays Max is actually mostly deaf in real life. She has cochlear implants, which help, but she's mostly deaf. Oh, so. wow. That is actually a fun given role. so actually given that role to a person of the community. Yeah, good for them. Do you think it was because like it's hard to teach a five year old sign language, so they kind of wanted to find someone that already knew sign language? Uh, that could be true for sure. But they could have found like an actress who grew up in a family who had other siblings who were deaf. But I'm glad that they used someone who's you know yeah. actually a deaf person. Right. Um, but yeah, so during uh, promotional stuff for the film, um, for the like the trailer, they removed the line from the movie that says, "It must be hard to love and adopt this child as much as you love your own." Um, because <laughs> again, that made adoptive and like foster care organizations look bad, and they didn't like that. So. Yeah. I actually kind of got that because when they when she said that I was like ooh yeah know, right like so I kind of actually felt that too but like I didn't take it personally because it's a movie like <laughs> yeah but yeah no I kind of get that yeah so um when Kate is uh, writing and playing music on her piano she's actually composing a suite for Max and Jessica, presumably because she feels guilty about uh, their injury and death. Um, yeah, pretty sad and morbid. Um, the scene was originally much longer, and uh, Vera Farmiga is actually a skilled pianist in her own right. And yeah, I can see her. That was really her playing. Yeah, and she was reportedly really upset because the director edited it down, and she was really <laughs> proud of that scene. Oh, yeah, that would suck. Yeah. I want to use that skill. Right? Um, okay, so the scene when they're taking Esther home, um, as Sister Abigail says goodbye um, in the like door opening of the orphanage, you can clearly see her crossing her fingers behind her back. What? Huh. I noticed that right before she wrecked, she was lighting a cigarette. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I did notice that too. <laughs> <laughs> God, being a nun is stressful. <laughs> I, well, I was looking for like the smile to like drop from the nun's face or something like when they were taking her away or like when they were first talking to her, but like nothing was out of the ordinary. Like she was totally for it. It seemed like. Yeah, I thought that too. Like when she first came into the room, she yeah. was like, 
straight faced, but then she started smiling, and I was like, hmm, I guess she doesn't know. Yeah, but right. Later, definitely knew. I think she's just a good actress. She's got a good poker face. Yeah. <laughs> Dead now, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that talent. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, originally, uh, Esther was even more evil, if you can believe that. Um, in the script originally, she was more like a budding serial killer. Um, she you know, had the, like a scene where she, it was obvious that she enjoyed harming and torturing animals. It was a minor yeah. subplot, there was a minor subplot written in where the family had a pet hamster and she dismembers it. No! Yeah. I'm yeah. really glad they didn't put that in. No! Yeah. It was written, but they just never filmed it. So, yeah. Rose. Yup. Um, originally, the song that Esther sings in the shower was supposed to be K Sera Sera by Doris Day, but they changed it to the glory of love kind of last minute. Huh. I yeah. didn't know that song. I, I know it. I recognize it, but I'm not sure where exactly. Yeah. Um, Vera Farmiga, uh, said that you know she liked the idea of doing the film because she wanted to work with Peter Sarsgaard and she liked the twist but said it was largely because she was excited to get a paycheck for once <laughs> like, <laughs> like, the poor girl apparently wasn't getting paid very well for films prior to this really I thought she's a she good actor. Made, I thought that she was making good money by that point, but maybe yeah, not. she was in she was in The Departed by then, and that was like best picture of the year with Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, I'm yeah, surprised. I, I don't know. Maybe she just didn't get paid much for that. It, she didn't have a huge role in The Departed. That's rude. <laughs> he didn't though. I'm not saying that she shouldn't have gotten paid more. I she should have. But her role yeah. was very big. No, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, things written down. Uh, according to an interview on Fearnet, Isabel Furman studied the performances of Glenn Close and Dangerous Liaisons as well as Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs to prepare for her role as Esther. Oh, jeez. Hmm. Wow. A 12-year-old? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I saw The Exorcist at, like, 11, so... No, she's just getting really into it. I think she saw it younger. Uh, yeah, actually, I might have been, like, five, but... Yeah, I remember. Yeah, you were wow, pretty young. Not good. I saw Chucky at, like, three, so... Yeah, I was really... Yeah. Emily... Play. Too. Emily's the person that introduced me to every horror movie You're ever. <laughs> like, any horror movie I ever watched was with Emily. <laughs> My bread and butter. <laughs> yeah. Anna introduced me to foreign horror films. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm that. a big foreign horror buff. Um, if you go through our list of movies that we've covered, a lot of them are foreign. Yeah, I noticed that. I, I appreciate that because I also love foreign horror movies. Excellent. What's your favorite foreign horror movie? Um, well, they're both kind of recent, but I really like a French film called Raw and Train to Pusan, which is a Korean film. 
That one's They're really good. I like I've that. Not, oh, yeah. I've, oh, Busan. Train to Busan? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, those are both great movies. Um, I had to watch Raw and three different pieces um, oh. because I kept fainting. Oh, what? Really? <sighs> oh, my goodness. If you guys don't, for the audience, if you don't know what Raw's about, it's a girl who, like, slowly descends into cannibalism, so. Yes. It's a very good movie. And I, I guess... look, despite the fact that I love horror movies and true crime and do shit like this for a living, um, I 100% am extremely squeamish. That's oh, no. the first movie I've fainted watching, nor will it be the last. Well, do you oh, want, my goodness. Do you want me to get really detailed into the whole cannibalism that's coming up? Oh, it's To fun. try to make you faint? Because I'll do no, it. No, I know what's happening. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't know there was cannibalism in this real oh, story. Yeah. Sorry. Just, yeah. Oh, God. Remember at the top of the episode when I said that there was a huge content warning? Yeah. yeah, huge content warning. Oh yes. wow, I'm excited. Okay. I won't faint. Yeah, I'm. I'm... <laughs> I don't have a heart. My gag won't faint. That'll be my um, This will be our like third cannibalism episode. <laughs> oh wow, God, that's true. Guys are starting to specialize here. <laughs> Set out for it to be a pattern. <laughs> It just ended up that way. It's just <laughs> this way. Because, like, as you guys know, our guests, when they come on, with the exception of, like, one episode, they chose the movies themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so not all of these are ones that I expressly picked. In fact, a lot of the American movies are picked. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Are ones that our guests picked, because I typically don't pick those. Yeah. Yeah. Like, all about your foreign films. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan, especially of French ones like Martyrs Inside. Mm, give me that extreme uh, French goodness. Yes. 
Yeah, you showed me two French horror films. Um, the girl that goes back home with her friend for college. What's that one? Oh, they remade it in English. High tension. Yeah. They, no, they didn't remake it. They just badly dubbed it. Oh. I thought they like made a new one in, in not English. That I, not that I know of. They've, they've made um, covers. Or covers? That's not what they're called. That's what songs are called. <laughs> They've made remakes of lots of uh, the new French extremism movement, or several of them anyway, but I don't think they've redone High Tension. Oh, okay. That's a good movie. Yes, it is. I Even though it has a huge, glaring plot hole. Yeah. Huge. I mean, there, there, yeah, there's a few. I don't care. I love it for what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just a few more before we go to break. Uh... When Kate is in the car with Danny and Max, she asks if Esther hurt them. The sign, the sign name, uh, or name sign, as they say in the deaf community, for Esther's name, is also the sign for emergency. Oh, what? So that's a fun like Easter egg. Huh? Yeah. Um, according to the Estonian mental mental. Institute records. Esther's birthday was Hitler's birthday. Oh God! <laughs> or as I like to call it, 420. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the same day. It's also my 15-year-old niece's birthday. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> so that's fun. Her birthday is the pot holiday, and Hitler's birthday. Yay. Wow, what a wow. legacy. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so... This is uh, not the first movie where Vera Farmiga has played the mother to a deranged child. Um, in fact, she's kind of made a career out of it. Let's Let's replay some movies that she's been in. She was in a movie okay. called Joshua that's very similar to Orphan, <coughs> except the evil child is a boy and <laughs> not a proportional dwarf. <laughs> um, she's also the mother to the Norman Bates character on Bates Motel. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's a good show. Yeah. Um, she's also, you know... And like all those conjuring movies that have various levels of possessed children. <laughs> yeah. That's where I recognize her mostly from. Yeah. She's also in this great movie with George Clooney called Up in the Air. Seriously. Yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah. Me and my boyfriend love that movie. And we got drunk to wine and listened to the song on there called Help Yourself by Sad Brad Smith. And oh. like drunk cried too. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I don't know if you know what he's he's secure in his masculinity he won't care <laughs> he won't care that I told the world that it's all good <laughs> um the scene where Esther sinks to the bottom of the pond was shot to mimic the scene in Titanic where Leonardo DiCaprio's body floats to the bottom of the ocean did Leo oh, do that? 
He might yeah, have. I mean, he was a producer. He had say. Hmm. Um, he was like, do this, but horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is me pushing Rose off the door that we both could have fucking shared. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> yeah, you just want to see a woman drown. <laughs> no, but- <laughs> In all honesty, though, they actually did a Mythbusters episode where they debunked it and pretty much said that he wouldn't have made it if they were both on there. Really? Yeah, I don't know the exact thing that they said, but I've definitely seen that episode. I I thought I heard otherwise. Yeah? I could have sworn... I'm pretty sure that they debunked it. She's tiny, he's tiny, that's a massive door. The way that I see it is like, Maybe they would have been more underwater because he's heavier. So, like, he would have, like, it would have pushed it underwater more. So, then they would have both been exposed and both died. Like, both mm. gotten frostbitten. Yeah. Because yeah. they would have been, even though it was, like, a, a smaller layer of it, they would have just been sitting in that cold water that whole time. Yeah. That's kind of how I saw it. Well, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that they <laughs> <actually bunked it. laughs> I'm still um, mad. Anyway, so that's that's the uh, that's most the end of my fun stuff. Um, so a little quick side story before Morgan goes into the true crime thing. There's actually another similar story other than the true crime that we're covering today, and I'm sure a lot of you guys heard this in the news last year. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but there was a girl in Indiana, I think. Um, named Natalia Barnett, whose family um, adopted her from the Ukraine supposedly at age eight and then um, went to court and said that, you know, they changed her birth date to 22 and said that she had dwarfism and that she was violent and tried to poison her mother and tried to push her into an electric fence and they oh. basically they basically set her up in an apartment and then fled the country mm-hmm. and moved to Canada. And then she like went on Dr. Phil and was like, I've, you know, don't know what they're talking about. I'm definitely not. But then um, and when you look at her, like she looked like she was like 30. Like mm-hmm. she did not look like a child. I'm sorry. I'm not sure I believe her. I'm not going to victim blame. <laughs> But well, can't she tell? Why can't you tell from dental records? Like in the end, you know, like the same thing they're trying to do. It. It's weird because it's a kind of tabloidy thing. But I mean, I'm guessing that the fact that the parents aren't in jail right now and that you know that more didn't come from it, I'm guessing that she probably is an adult. Yeah. Um. I heard about that story, too, like, while it was happening. And I actually, for some reason, thought that that was longer ago and that the orphan and that, like, that was the story of the orphan. So I actually have no idea what the true story is. Oh, that's because, great. Yeah, because they just, I know that they just completely abandoned that girl in a in an apartment. Yeah. They're like, okay, see ya. Bye. Yeah, they were like, we can't have you in our house. Um, so we're just going to set you up here. Deuces. Well, you're probably about 22, right? Yeah, sounds about right. Okay, let's go with that. I mean, 
yeah, she's apparently living with some of their family now, but I don't know. She didn't look like a child to me. <laughs> Just saying. Just from but I should I go into what I uh, made tonight for this yeah, video, please. for this podcast, I mean? Yeah, please do. Okay. All right. So this week I made blini Russian pancakes. Um, so it's basically crepes <laughs> is kind of what I came, I found out. So like, I mean, in my mind, crepes would be really good with like fresh fruit or like I know like crepes are really good with Nutella on them. Um, but... What they're commonly used, it's usually uh, like just butter, sour cream. They put honey on it, jam. And that's traditionally what they would put on it. But I guess it's um, commonly used during a uh, Russian winter holiday, Butter Week. And um, yeah, so these blini Russian pancakes are supposed to represent the sun um, you know, it represents warm days, happy marriages, healthy children, and beautiful crops. Wow. So, um, <laughs> literally, it's so easy to make. I mean, it's basically just pancakes. Like, it has eggs, you know, sugar, baking soda, and then it has citric acid powder, but I'm, I just used lemon juice, and that was perfectly fine. Excellent. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's really, it's really easy to make. Just a crepe, basically. Well, uh, we'll post nice. pictures on the IG. Absolutely, I'll send them too. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, scarfed down last minute shepherd's pie in the ten minutes before we recorded. Ooh, yum. Oh, yeah. Yum. I cranked but... it out, like, in the hour before we recorded <laughs> I guess the reason why um, I did this was because she's Russian. Literally, there's no <laughs> other connection because I could, and she's not even Russian. <laughs> we yeah, found out. Oh Estonia. yeah, that's right. <laughs> she's Russian in the movie. Right. Well, right. She's supposedly Russian in the movie, and that's fine. She's Estonian. No, she's yeah. Estonian. Well, yeah, but she tells everyone that she's Russian for most. Yeah. She's supposedly Russian for most of the film. Yeah. Right. And I the only thing that, like, I'm looking for things that they're eating, little snacks that they have. The only thing they had was, like, a steak dinner. So, <laughs> I was like, sorry. I'm, sorry, sorry I'm not going to make you a steak dinner tonight. Damn it. <laughs> Fair enough. You know what else is really good on pancakes? What? The, uh, speculus uh cookie butter from Trader Joe's. Oh, oh my gosh. That sounds amazing. <laughs> that is so good. I have a friend who puts ketchup on pancakes and Ew. I want to kill him, but <laughs> that is disgusting. You're friends with a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> my friend Anthony puts ketchup friendship. on mac and cheese and I think that's gross. But on pancakes Ew. I yeah. can ketchup all together. Fuck that. Whoa. I like ketchup, ketchup on french fries and hash browns. Basically potatoey things. I don't like that mm -hmm. sugary tomato shit. <laughs> ketchup <laughs> and ranch are just my go-tos. I have ranch on pizza. Oh, yeah. I love ranch. I did ranch on pizza for a long time, and I recently tried to do that with a piece of pizza. And, you know, I live in New York, so there's, like, really good New York pizza here. Oh, yeah. And... 
I've decided I don't think I like ranch on my pizza anymore. I guess, I oh, mean, man. I like ranch on my frozen pizzas. I can't put ranch on, like, a nice piece of pizza from an actual good – because, I mean, people in Chicago are pretty uh, – Very uptight about pizza. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially deep dish. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I wouldn't ruin it with ranch. You guys have, like, the rival pizza to my delicious New York Yes. Pizza. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I was watching you both. a clip of Jon Stewart from The Daily Show in, like, the early 2000s, and he goes on this, like, five-minute rant about how Chicago deep dish pizza isn't pizza. <gasps> He's a New Yorker. It's fantastic. <laughs> I'm insulted. <laughs> he says it's a pie. Yeah, it's like a pizza pie. Well, yeah, no, it's a pie. Pizza <laughs> pie. <laughs> Okay, Mario. <laughs> so, Mario. Now is the time that we're going to take a short commercial break. Hey, friends. It's Morgan from Horror versus Reality. I wanted to tell you a little bit about my new favorite podcast, Don't Look Under the Bed. I've been listening to Shaughnessy and Justin talk about some creepy shit while also making me laugh. So if you're looking for new, funny, and creepy content this year, I'd say definitely add this one to your list. Follow, check them out. Don't Look Under the Bed is chocked full of mysteries of the unknown. From true crime to aliens, the creepy and the crawly, weird and supernatural, murders, and the occult. Oh my fucking god. Check these women out on Spotify and follow. They're sure to make you laugh each week with every new episode. I highly recommend it, and I swear you will not be disappointed. Morgan, tell us about this horrific child abuse. I'm um, the greatest, happiest intro to tell me about child abuse. (laughs) I'm the queen of awkward comedy. (laughs) Okay, so I'll I'll get into it. Um, the facts to this case are are uh, like hard to find. Um, I did not buy the book on this case. Um, and there wasn't much of a, um, I guess like a free reading of it. Um, so I just went off of some court cases, uh, that podcast that you sent me, what is it? The stuff that they don't want you to know. Yes. Excellent podcast. And they have an F, you know, a very informative, respectful episode on the case. Yes. So, um, this case was huge in the Czech Republic. Um, I talked to my friend Albert, um, and he said he remembers it being all over the news. It was all over everywhere. Um, I asked him if they made like folklore about it yet, and he said no, no folklore, no folklore. Um, but it did actually change some laws because um, the case before this happened people could own was people found guilty of torturing someone that was put into their care 
was only given a one-year sentence. What? Yeah, which is insane to me. That's crazy. After all of this, I'll get into the... um, they're like sentencing, but it's just insane how like light they got it. How easy they fucking got off on this. And yeah. he, he had said he understands that like jail is really meant for rehabilitation, but he was like, I'm shocked that they only got the sentence that they did. Um, so one thing that uh, came out of this case, I mean, a few things came out of this case, but uh, victims' rights have been strengthened through this case because they were talking about the protection of the victim's privacy, especially in relation to the media regarding the boys that were um, a big part of this case, the um, the two brothers that were tortured that we'll get into. Um, so, so where the story starts is kind of hazy. But the boys were five and seven at the time of the abuse. So uh, a woman named, I'm going to butcher the names, Clara Muerva. She is from the Czech Republic. Uh, she and her older sister both suffered with mental health issues from a, long, a very young age. And they say that Clara is also diagnosed as a schizophrenic who is the mother of the two boys. Um, So when they were growing up, they decided that they were conceived and put on this earth to fulfill God's plan, like a mission from God. Um, They uh, went to college but dropped out and... The sister, Clara, uh, the mother, she ended up meeting an older man and she married him and had two sons who were the victims in this case, Jacob or Jacob and Andrej. Um, They were actually 10 and 8, sorry. Um, So the marriage didn't last. Um, The husband left the family because he couldn't live with how crazy uh, Clara was. And he had said that she had become violent. So he decided to just fucking leave his kids with a violent woman, which makes no sense. My God. Yeah. Great, great dad. Great acting. So after he left, her sister, Katerina, moved in. Um, While they were living together, um, they had met another woman named Barbora Sklarova, who Clara was not aware that this woman um, was a woman. She thought she was a child. Um, so this child figure uh, tricked her into believing that she had escaped this horrible upbringing she was a victim of um, sex trafficking, and she was staying in like the a juvenile detention center. So Clara, the motherly figure, took pity on her and decided to bring her into her home all along with her sister and her two sons. So they were like a big happy family for only a short while. 
um, because Sklarova, this woman, um, had wanted all of the attention of Clara. And so everything that happened, she would blame on the little kids. And then somewhere in this, um, this whole deal, Sklarova or Barbara was said to have leukemia. She had a uh, hypopituitarism, which left her with a short stature and looking like a very small child. She said she had all these health problems and was in and out of the hospital. But Clara was never allowed to go to the hospital with her. Her sister, um, Katerina, was the only one that was going to the hospital with her for these treatments. Um, and Clara was not involved in any of her care at all. She would only get text messages and phone calls from a guy who referred himself to as the doctor. Um, so she would actually call him uh, for help with the children, like about being bad. So mm -hmm. he, the doctor actually was a leader of a religious cult um, called the Grail Movement. Which it started in Germany in the 1940s by some guy who said he was God. Um, and a bunch of people still follow him. He's long dead now. Um, his name is Oscar Ernst Bernhard. Yeah, or his, his pen name was Abdrushin. Abdrushin. But okay. yeah, so it's it's like this strange ass cult. Um, there's about 10,000 followers in the world still. Wow. Um, and they're from like 10 different countries. Um, there was one sect here, or not here, um, in Czech Republic that the, the older sister was a part of. Um, so I think they kind of manipulated the Clara um, a lot during all this because she was mentally unstable and I guess she was easy to trick um, into believing that that was like the truth. So the doctor uh, would tell Clara that they needed to punish the children, the boys, not the girl, not, not the adopted girl, the 13-year-old that they adopted. Um, so they would start locking up the boys and torturing them. And at this time, Clara was like, well, I want to like legally adopt this girl. She's been living with us so long, I should legally adopt her. So apparently, they needed to do a DNA test on her before legally adopting them. That's the law mm -hmm. in Czech Republic. Well, doctor said that's not possible due to leukemia and all of the different ailments that she's going through. So somehow mm -hmm. they got another girl to go and plead to the court her case about being adopted. And this girl was like a 13-year-old girl by one of the members of this cult. And for some reason, the court was like, okay, you're now adopted. But they had, oh <laughs> like, 
they yeah, never right? saw any pictures of the actual person that was being adopted. They just took the, you know, testimony of this 13-year-old girl in front of them, which was not the actual 30-something-year-old woman they were adopting. It was actually a 13-year-old girl. You know, so, when you hear that, it makes the huge glossing over in the movies seem like small potatoes. Yeah. No. Right. Yeah. This whole case confuses the fuck out of me. Like, so they get the girl. The girl stays with them. This doctor convinces this woman and her sister to torture their kids. All the while, this other girl, Babora, who's 13, actually 32 or 33 at this time, starts taking part in this torture as well. Um, The doctor actually convinces via text messages... um, and tells the sisters that they need to um, hurt the kids and ends up somehow convincing them to perform cannibalism on their sons. Oh, my God. So these two little boys, 8 and 10, were kept locked up, uh, cuffed and tied up, kept in dog cages in the basement, um, they would put sacks over their heads and burn them with cigarettes through the sacks. Uh, they would take forks and scrape their bodies with it. Oh, they would, gosh. They would make the little boys cut themselves with knives. Um, they actually made the brothers fight, like, almost to death. Oh. Um, they would gag them. So whenever they would whip them or burn them with cigarettes, then no one could hear their screams. Um, they were they always kept drowning. Yeah, they like waterboarded them. Uh, they made them sleep in their own poop and pee, and they also started to skin one of the boys. I think it was oh. Jacob. Um, they ended up taking part of the buttocks and slicing it off and cutting it up and they supposedly made him eat his own flesh oh my gosh Ew, that makes what is wrong with these people that is so messed um, up to give you to shed light on some of the doctrine of the grail movement and how they got here um the major work of the Grail movement was um, In the Light of Truth by uh... shit, that guy I just said a minute ago. Um, yeah, Oscar that guy. Ernst Bernhard. <laughs> yeah, he was the one who wrote that. And the doctrine really talked about breaking people down to um, make them kind of see their true selves and therefore become the most at one with God. It's a really fucked up doctrine. Yeah. Because it, you know, it basically gives you carte blanche on abuse. Um, have you guys ever seen the movie Martyrs? No. Okay. They actually mentioned this on the um, podcast that we mentioned stuff they don't want you to know 
But in Martyrs, um, a similar thing happens. Spoiler alert for the movie Martyrs. But it's also about a religious cult that believes pretty much the same doctrine as the Grail movement. And um, one of these girls, who's the main character, ends up getting skinned alive. Oh, gosh. (laughs) And they basically are like, you know, now that you're so close to death, you know, what do you see on the other side? And she tells them that there's nothing. And it ends. And it's a oh my extremely gosh. dark and nihilistic end to a film. And I think it's fantastic. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I actually, now that you mentioned that, my friend sent me a TikTok about that movie yesterday. And I'm just putting it together that it's the same movie. But I haven't oh, wow. seen it yet. <laughs> oh, that's I'm random. so sorry that I ruined the end for you. Oh, no, that's okay. That's okay. It is still, um, st- wow, not the word I meant to say. It is still very much worth watching. Because um, a lot of shit goes down and there's still twists and turns before that ultimate revelation. Yeah. Um. Okay, Morgan. Take back over. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so Morova and Katarina, which those are the two sisters, they would do anything that this doctor would tell them, which is crazy because they literally, um, well, uh, Clara never met the doctor. The only time she ever talked to him, like almost face to face, was at night in a car and he, he, she couldn't really see him. Um, so this doctor was just this guy that was you know, convincing these women to do this te- these terrible things to their own son and their own nephews. Uh, like, it's horrific Crazy. what they did. And they would, like, take slices of their kid's skin and eat it and force him to eat it. Ugh, and so this went... This went on from the summer of 2006 all the way to May 7th, 2007, when um, the sister's neighbor was setting up a baby monitor um, and it picked up a stray signal and it picked up a signal of the monitors that they were keeping on the boys chained up in the basement. So that's oh the gosh. only reason that this even was, you know, known by the police. It probably could have gone on for years um, before they were ever caught because child services or whatever social services weren't ever called about this. I don't know if the boys were going to school, but no one even knew that this horrific child abuse was actually going on until this random baby monitor like picked up the wrong signal. Um, So he was setting it up and he saw like this nude boy um, chained up and he was, he was laying on the basement floor in pain and Mm -hmm. he called the police immediately. Um, And then when the police arrived, they found Jacob, Andrej and a young girl named Annika who was 12, um, they're rescued and then freed and taken into custody and sent to a children's home 
while the two sisters were arrested. Um, it wasn't until a few days later that Annika, the 12-year-old girl who was adopted by Clara, um, escaped the children's home. And then they realized later that the girl Annika was not even a girl. She was actually 32. Um, and she actually fled to Norway and pretended to be a 13-year-old boy. And she was, she was actually enrolled and going to a school and was being uh, not adopted, but she was like fostered to this family. She shaved her head, she gained a little weight, and she pretended to be a 13-year-old boy. Oh, my God. Um, so she was actually attending classes and everything, and the only class that she didn't attend was P.E. Um, I wonder why. Yeah, she, she had her boobs taped down. Ah, I see. Yeah, so they ended up figuring out that she was living in Norway under a 13-year-old boy's identity who was actually the son of one of the cult members. They gave her his passport and papers and everything. Um, so okay. she, she was pretending to be a, an actual 13-year-old boy who was, like, real and alive. Mm -hmm. um, and then they figured out, like, holy shit. So her family was, like, coming to pick her up from school, and the police were there, and they took her away. And they didn't realize that they were actually living with a 32-year-old woman. Damn. Not a 13-year-old boy. What the that would heck? be so, so crazy to find out. Like, I can't imagine finding that out. That's just... It's haunting. It's haunting. Like, yeah. I would never trust anyone ever again. Like, I no. barely trust people now, but, like, <laughs> yeah. I would not be talking to humans anymore, just animals. Like, like yeah. you have a good heart. Like, you're just trying to help someone out. And then to hear, like, to find out that they're using you like that and just it's so messed up because you're like, what? <laughs> Your mind would just be blown. Like, I don't think I'd ever recover, recover mentally. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> hey, uh, this 13-year-old boy that you've been having in your house named Adam is actually, um, she was first disguised as a 13-year-old girl named Anna, and then actually she's 32, and her name is uh, Sklorova. <laughs> like, Bar Barbara Sklorova. <laughs> Barbara. I'd look at every child down the street like, squint at them be like are you really a child like what are you <laughs> ruined children for me yeah what's really crazy is like the pictures from her being brought back from norway to czech republic she's actually holding a coloring book and a teddy bear my god Ew. like give it up and you, she's bad. she's wearing like a sweatshirt and her head shaved and she i mean i don't think she could pass as a 13 year old boy but I guess if she has the papers and you know all this other stuff and she's enrolled in a school like an elementary school or junior high or whatever like I guess you kind of have to believe it and just be like oh that's a weird looking fucking boy I know it's like oh puberty really hit you hard didn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and if 
if you see like the pictures of this person, um, the Barbara Sklarova, uh, yeah. you can see this change. Like she changes identities like a chameleon. Um, mm-hmm. Like when she was with the first family with Clara, uh, she had like a little hat on. Her hair was cut short because she was going through the chemo treatments and everything, oh. supposedly. Um, and she would keep a hat on or like a, um, a hair tie, head tie or whatever. And then like when she s- escaped to Norway, she put on a lot of weight and would wear really baggy clothes and shaved her head. So she looked way different if you compare the pictures. So wow. it's pretty crazy. So then Lady so then the they ta- huh? Lady's a chameleon. Yeah, she really is a chameleon. Like it's it's insane. Um so after the boys the boys were uh put into a home and then the the blood father, the one that abandoned them was like fighting for custody and he actually lost the custody battle. Just because he was such a shitty dad before all of this happened, they were like, actually, we're going to go with the mother's grandparents because you're terrible. Um, right. He abandoned them. Yeah, he abandoned them and, and knew she was crazy and left the kids with them. Like, right. That's like a form of abuse on its own. Yeah. So they they um, did not award him uh, any custody at all. And she was kept with her her parents while she was going through the court. And um, so the case was huge. Um, they, they put it like a private case. So they took out all the journalists and stuff. So a lot of it is just after the fact. Because um, they're like they were trying to protect the boys' identities. Um, just because it got so much like media, that's what, when the laws changed, like they blurred out the boys' faces and stuff. And that was like a first time thing. Um, so it really focused on like hiding or putting this away so the boys could grow up a normal life after this without having to like look at the news and see their faces on it. Um, yeah, it's so. I mean, they're definitely gonna have some mental health issues. Like they're twenty five and twenty two now, I think. Okay. Uh, but I mean, they're gonna have some mental health issues from all this. Like, oh yeah, definitely oh, yeah, like severe PTSD, probably. Fuck yeah! But actually, everyone that was involved in this case, this was two thousand and seven. Um, I think the case was actually called in, like, 2008. Like, all of it finished up. Um, they are all out of jail. Every one of them are out of jail. Now. And not only are they all out of jail now, they were all out of jail by 2018. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. So. They never be out of jail. Yeah, the mom got, what was it, nine years? Something like that. It was eight or nine years that the mom got. The sister who was the one manipulating her other sister, like the mom, um, mm-hmm. the Katerina, who was the aunt in all of this, she actually got 10 years, which was more than anybody else in this case. 
just because she was setting up this whole doctor thing and knew that the girl wasn't actually a girl. She knew she was a full-grown woman and tricked her sister into adopting her. Um, so she actually got 10 years. Um, I think the mom got eight, no, nine. She got nine years. Um, and there were a few more people involved in this case that were part of the cult. I think they only got like five and six years, maybe. There was like five, I can't find the article. It's it's a shit show. This whole thing was really yeah. hard. To- wow. <laughs> It's so hard to It's kind of like when we were doing It's kind of like when we were doing episode three um on the um shit. Ah the Finland murders. Morgan help. Huh? The the mm, Lake Bodom. Oh Lake Bodom Bodom. When we were doing Lake Bodom all the articles were in Finnish, and it was hard. And yeah. I really, really wish I would have met Mark's grandma sooner because her parents were Finnish immigrants, and she could have just translated it for me. <laughs> <laughs> she could probably just tell you the story. She's probably there. That was back oh, no. in the 70s. Well, she wasn't in Finland. Like they lived in America. Oh, oh okay. Never mind. <laughs> I missed the whole immigrant part. Yeah. <laughs> like, so she sounds like a New Yorker. She doesn't sound like a Finnish lady. <laughs> see, yeah, no. This case just kind of pissed me off because there's not much information beforehand on like. Where they go in a school? Like, how did no one notice? You know, yeah. uh, there's a lot of facts that are missing that kind of upset me. And then the fact that this doctor guy, he was never found, and it no, was he it was the night. yeah, and it was crazy because the Barbara Sklarova and her brother were both put in jail because. Her brother was part of this scam too, and her dad was the doctor. Yeah. Wow. But they have never found him. Yeah. I, guess, I guess they just oh gave my up. Gosh. It's a family the- affair. <laughs> yeah. So these people were part of this cult and then just tortured and ate part of this child. Like, it's just fucked up. Yeah. That's insane. Do you know? Um, I know you said the details are like hard to find, but did they do that to a lot of kids? Do you know? Um, or children, was it like the only that? children that were found were these children? These oh, two, wow. yeah. In and in other like articles, it said there was a boy that died, but neither of these boys died. So I don't know if it was just getting the facts wrong or like lost in translation. Cause a lot yeah. of the articles I actually read are like translated and stuff. So it's, it's also, I think the law that they passed after this, that protects the brothers. I think they got rid of a lot of the, the newspaper articles. I'm just assuming cause there's not much yeah. on it. 
Um, and a lot of the old links from that time are all blacked out and everything. I don't know if it's just because I'm in United States and they're in the Czech Republic, but I couldn't yeah. get that IP vanish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't like read all of the, uh, the articles for this case in a, on one of the Czech newspapers. Mm-hmm. So, so a lot of this is just random newspapers like irish times <laughs> yeah I, I read that one too yeah so yeah wow that's that's really it's fucked so, up it's so <laughs> sad i mean how do you it's a sad, awful bananas story that i mean that kid both of those children owe their life to a faulty baby monitor yeah, yeah, for real. Honestly. Imagine being the that person who you're just like happily setting up your baby's room and you just hear that and you're like, what the hell? That um, is the start of a horror movie. Like, yeah. Legit. You don't recover from, like, that's just awesome. always going to be burning your memory. Yeah. I don't suggest looking up the pictures. I, I only looked, I only looked at a couple that were on the, um, articles I was reading which they didn't show much but I did not want to see any more than what they showed and just a little kid tied up and it's it's fucked up yeah you don't want to go down that rabbit hole what's crazy is I was reading another article that when Clara the mother was released um, they were all released under conditions to stay in contact with um like psychotherapy, the court system, and like family services. So they are on like I think it's five years of like checks checkups like weekly with these people. Um mm-hmm. but her sons were actually happy to see her. My oh. gosh. And yes. And I don't know if it's the same now. Like there's there's not like a oh then and now thing. Like I wouldn't really want that to be. I would rather them have their privacy. But the last article uh, after her release that I read was that the boys were excited to see their mother. They didn't have ill feelings for her and that they were excited to have their mom free. Which no, not me. That's not true. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd feel the same. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah. and if it is true, that is brainwashing. Like, I would feel like they were yeah. fed false information and something like something was going on. Well, I mean, if it's you know cult stuff like that, you're deeply brainwashed. You you know that's like yeah. the seventies. There were literally people that deprogrammed people from cults. Yeah. Cults are scary, man. They can really do a number on you. Yeah, I stopped writing it, but um, in 2018, I started writing a book on cults, and um, I just got, I had a writer's block wall. I just didn't know where I wanted to go with it, but uh, yeah, I know a lot of fucked up shit about cults. <laughs> yeah. We just did an episode on Jonestown, and that one is, like, crazy, too. The things he got people to do, it's so weird. Oh, man. There's a really good sword. Do what? 
Oh, I said it's uh, the group mentality. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, like it's these people that are, you know, wanting to find their group or like belong to something and they're all already broken and shattered. And then they take like a megalomaniac who like they believe in. Right. (laughs) The worst type. So there is a, a horror movie based on Jonestown. And we will do an episode on it in Ooh. Oh. I didn't know there was one, but cool. There is. Um I believe it's Ty West who did it. I think. Okay. Um he's considered one of the like kings of modern horror, like within the last like ten to fifteen years. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, let's see. Is this the person that I'm thinking of? Yes, it is. Ty West. Um, if you're thinking, um, to tell you like other movies that he did, um, he directed House of the Devil. Um, he directed The Innkeepers. Hmm. Um, I don't he know directed this. one of the segments in VHS. Ooh. Oh, I know that one. He directed one of the segments in the ABCs of Death. Um, he also directed Your Next. Oh, I love that movie. Isn't it a great one? That yeah, is a um, good one. Yeah. He's done some really good movies. I recommend um, all of them. Uh, there is actually uh, an episode of my old podcast where Justin and I talk about the sacrament. Um, I don't know if you can actually find it on the internet anymore. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, I'm a little sanctimonious in that episode for some reason. And uh, I don't care if they make a movie about it. Because now I do a whole podcast where I talk about true crime. So I don't know. I think I was trying to just be respectful to the victims. But I sounded way too sanctimonious. <laughs> <laughs> just me judging myself over here. No worries. <laughs> um. So, yeah, this is around the time where we normally just talk about kind of just, like, stuff we've watched or eaten or, you know, just entertainment we've consumed throughout the last time that we recorded. Uh, And then you guys can plug your show, and then we'll skedaddle. All right. So, Morgan, um, you've been super busy this week. Have you even had time to enjoy life? Not really. <laughs> have, you, have you eaten anything particularly tasty that you could talk about? I made chicken and dumplings before I started the four-night run of shifts. Four twelves in a row. So. Wow. Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm tired. I'm so tired. I know you are. I would be dead too. I've eaten all of them. I made a giant pot. I got Andrea to go to the store and get a chicken and some buttermilk and celery and carrots. And I made a really good chicken broth with a whole chicken. And then I made chicken and dumplings out of it. Oh, so good. I even... 
even though I didn't get a break at work, <laughs> I just <laughs> ate crackers, but I ate it when I got off of work. So chicken and dumplings uh, for at 8 a.m. It's nice. You know, as appetizing as you try to make it sound. Oh, it's I, so good. I'll just never like chicken and dumplings. Oh, you'll like mine. I'll make you eat them. I mean, <laughs> will you be sprinkling crack in them? What's my incentive? Uh, it's just, it's my great-grandmother's recipe. It's amazing. Here's my thing. It's the texture of the dumplings, and I don't like soup. Oh. You can get the fuck out. You can get the fuck out, Anna. Morgan, Morgan, you've known this about me for You know time. I'm a soup person. I know. So is my boyfriend. Everyone thinks I'm bonkers because I don't like soup. Soup is just a don't... giant category. Like you don't like Look, pho. I... You don't like pho. That's soup. You don't. <laughs> you don't Here's like egg I... drop soup. That's soup. No, nope. calm down. What's <laughs> Here's... Sorry, I'm going on a tangent. Here's the big thing that will make you all realize why I don't like soup, because I think because the idea of food. Floating in liquid disgusts me. <laughs> and that's what soup is. It's food floating in liquid. No, it's not. Yes, it is. What do you mean no, it's, it's not? <laughs> You've just had terrible soup your whole life. You probably just know. <laughs> Campbell's. I've had tasty soup. Starter's chicken. Here's here's the thing. I eat soup, but what I do is I drain all the broth out. Oh no. Heathen. You were a heathen, Anna. You know what? I, I don't also... even know how I lived with you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I also cut sandwiches down the middle. I'm an anarchist, okay? You were a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like how you describe soup. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> the point. That's how I feel about it. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> so, uh, Anna, have you been e- eating any drained soup lately? <laughs> um, no. No, I have not. Well, actually, that's not true. I, I go specifically to one of my local Asian markets to um, get this type of Korean noodles that are it's a type of ramen but it's their particular brand and they're like super hot and spicy and they're my favorite but when I make ramen obviously I dr- I leave just enough water so that the like powdery paste uh, makes a sauce and then I just rub all the noodles on it and then I just eat them like that <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, I, f- I know I'm a weirdo <laughs> and I, uh, I had my last pack of those from my last um, Asian market run. Is it the Sam Yang with the chicken that's like got a unibrow? No. Um, okay, those on. are really good, by the way, and they're so spicy. If you type in Korean spicy ramen, it's like one of the first ones that pop up. Oh, it's so good. I know them by the way they look. I can't think of the name right now. Okay. I'm stoned. Don't judge me. <laughs> Drugs are bad. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Uh, I did 
uh, eat some really delicious stuff this week, though. Like, right the day after we recorded our last episode, I went to Trader Joe's. And I got dark chocolate, um, peanut butter, and jelly bites. Mm. Well, there's like, what is they're that? Like little, they're like little truffles almost, and they're dark chocolate, <laughs> and then there's a layer of peanut butter, and then a layer of jelly on the inside, and they're amazing. Wow. Interesting. That's inter- that does sound good. Like, it's not like it sounds bad at all. So and you can eat three for only 190 calories. What? Oh, wow. I'm going to hit up Trader Joe's. Yeah. Also, I got a chocolate babka. Vod- vodka? Babka. Oh. What? What is that? Do you guys not know what babka is? Have you never watched Seinfeld? No. We're, oh we're, <laughs> Morgan, have you never watched Seinfeld? I just started watching Seinfeld. So you're not to the Chocolate Bobka episode yet? <laughs> no. No, I I didn't grow up on Seinfeld. I, I did. I grew up on Living Single. Living, really? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I fucking love Living Single. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one with Queen Latifah, right? Fuck yes. Um, I watched a lot of uh, In Living Color, but not Living Single. Yeah, Living Single was like the same time that uh, Seinfeld was on, and we'd watch Living Single. Okay. Well, no, yeah, my parents watched Seinfeld, and um, I had always seen the Chocolate Bobka episode. They're like so. Jerry, Elaine, and uh, the whole gang are invited to some friend of theirs Passover, I think, and they decide that they have to bring a chocolate babka, which is a s- chocolate sweet bread. And it's like big and um, Jewish um, cuisine. Oh, it looks like the challah or whatever challah bread. Challah bread. Yeah, kind of. Um. So it's a layer of dough and then a layer of chocolate, like hard chocolate, not like sauce, if that makes sense. Yeah, just Google it. Yeah, and then, so it's great. It's so delicious. And the one from Trader Joe's is like pretty bomb for prepackaged cake mm. or prepackaged bread. It's It was so good. Like I'm I so ate hungry. Open. I'm sorry. I hate <laughs> you right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. Our, we have pizza waiting for us, like, right outside the door. <laughs> oh, my God. God. That's torture. It was a very delicious grocery store week for me. I, I'm, i like, low-key obsessed with going to the grocery store and just finding new delicious things that I've never tried. I'm jealous. I just had saltines and uh, peanut butter cups that I stole from the patient um, section, like the little patient goodie room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I walked into like the the med room and I stuffed like three packs of saltines in my mouth and then I couldn't swallow it and I was like sitting there like almost choking and one of my coworkers came in and I laughed and it was just a spray of like 
cookie, I mean, a cookie, uh, cracker uh, crumbs. And I was just yeah. like, I'm dying. <laughs> Morgan, that's like as bad as doing the cinnamon challenge almost. I had no, and she's sitting there like, just like, like mouthing down. Like she's like, "It's okay. I came in here to do the same thing." And she had like uh, some Fritos, and she was just like downing Fritos, <laughs> but like starving to death in the bedroom. Yeah, okay. sorry. <laughs> I um, I'm trying to think what I've like watched this week, because I said last week that we. Like we're rewatching Malcolm in the Middle. We finished Malcolm in the Middle. I forgot to talk about the best episode ever when they go to uh, Burning Man. That is the best episode. episode ever. He like loses his virginity. <laughs> I love that show. That like old lady too, though. <laughs> it's such a good. That- it was so messed up. <laughs> yeah, it's a great episode. I, look, I grew up watching that, and I just remember watching the episode and being like, what is even happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy. They're like, van breaks down or whatever, like they're, and then just and decide then, to go to Burning Man. Well, <laughs> they borrow Hal's boss's, like, Winnebago. Yeah, the and Winnebago. Then- it ends up getting set on fire instead of the burning man. <laughs> oh, it's it's so really bad. Good. <laughs> you can just see like all the life that was left in Hal drained from his face. It's it's so good. Yeah. That's like the greatest episode. Such a good show. I'm sad that we're done with the rewatch. Um, yeah. But we're we're like midway through a South Park rewatch now. Oh, damn. oh my god, South Park. Yeah. I used to watch that all the time. What's crazy is I remember when it first came out when I was in third grade and like annoying little boys in my class like quoting Mr. Hankey and it's crazy that it's <laughs> still on the air now. <laughs> yeah. God, it's been on most of my life. That's insane. Yeah, so, it's a long show. So what have you guys been listening to, watching, or eating? Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, I started re-watching, which I can't even believe I watched this, like, all anyway. But I've rewatched Desperate Housewives. <laughs> oh, my God. I used to love Desperate Housewives. <laughs> like, it's on Hulu, and I've just been re-watching it. And I love it, but I don't know why. It's so stupid. Oh, but the fashion is weird now. Yes. It was like top notch then. Now it's like there's like a lot of um there's like a lot of Nicolette Sheridan in like uh floral printed Mm -hmm. um clam diggers or (laughs) pedal pushers. What do you Capris? There's just a lot of names for them. Free pants. Yeah. And like even like their houses too. They're like, oh my house is so nice. And I'm like, your house is outdated, lady. <laughs> yeah. Really. Wisteria Lane is out of date now. Yes. Well, guys, I live in like a bar from the eighteen hundreds that was redone into a house. So don't hate. <laughs> that is so cool. My house is from the eighteen hundreds too though. Ooh, how many ghosts are in there? Um, yeah, you know, I know there's definitely one, but 
a good thing. It's been in my family since, like, so it was built in, like, the 1890s by a man named Amos Savage. Like, how amazing is that? Yes. So whenever I get creeped out, I'm always like, hey, Amos Savage was a good man. (laughs) Lived a good life. (laughs) Every time. But, um, and then after, in 1910, my great, great, great grandparents bought it and it's been in my family ever since so i'm like hey anyone else that's died in this house i'm related to like they won't they won't haunt me right (laughs) well i'm not too worried um but i did have like one of those exercise balls um on my living room floor at one point and it was like we were watching tv and it was just sitting there furnace was not on nothing was blowing no draft and all of a sudden that ball (laughs) rolled across the room out of nowhere that's creepy i was like yep it's haunted but you know what hello amos (laughs) welcome but please don't hang out too long you can can, uh, go somewhere else now okay thanks this is my house house. me wants to know if your foundation was tilted or what was the draft situation inside your house (laughs) i know well that's what i'm wondering like i'm i'm fully a skeptic like and there was not like that ball was sitting there for at least five hours not touched and there was no draft interesting i don't know it was bizarre and my husband and I looked at each other. <laughs> we just did not even say anything. We just did not <laughs> want to acknowledge that that just happened. So, uh, what else have you guys been up to? Mm, nothing. <laughs> I, I just work. I worked three days in a row, and that was rough. But um, yeah. Oh, you're like in the same boat as Morgan almost. Yeah, well, we are both nurses, so. I know. <laughs> yeah, we both uh, have that pain. Except yeah. I'm day shift. I think three, four night shifts would be really hard. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty tough. I, I, I've been doing it for like two and a half years now, so I'm starting it to the hang of it, I guess, with nights. Are you going on vacation? Like, why are you taking working so many days in a row? <laughs> It just ended up that way. I didn't sign up for it. <laughs> you you seriously were scheduled for four nights in a row? Mm-hmm. The only time I ever get... I know I'm not meaning to brag or anything, but <laughs> I signed up for the three days in a row. Otherwise, I never get that. It's like I work it maybe once a year, three days in a row. I can't even oh, imagine wow. four days. Oh, no. Well, I do you work in an ER or where do you work? I work in an ER. Oh, that makes more sense. I think ER nurses do tend to do that more often. Yeah, I I usually do three in a row if I can. Um, but this time, four in a row just fell uh, because it was my weekend, and then they added the Monday. Yeah. Okay, I can see that a little bit more. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, we maybe yeah. should have explained that she was an ER nurse. Do you work on a unit? Like a yeah. patient um, unit? I'm meds. I'm a COVID unit right now. Med surge. Oh, yeah. That sucks. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's not like you're not dealing with it. Yeah, no. (laughs) I'm turning into a med surge nurse because we have so many holds. 
Oh yeah, I know. my friend that was in ER, she's like, I hate it. I hate it so much. I'm sick of all these holes. I don't want to be a med surge nurse. Yeah, I'm like, what? I can't just talk to the doctor next to me. I have to get an order. <laughs> That's like the dumbest part. Like all of the worst part of my job is the fact that I have to call so many people and it's like the management side of things. Like I so bad. I'm going to eventually switch to the ER, ER because I'm so <laughs> sick of this I, I side love of things. ER. I definitely love the ER. Like the stressful parts are like it's stressful because it's medically stressful. My stressful days is because I can't get a hold of a doctor to mm-hmm. get a stupid Tylenol order and a family member is yelling at me. And I'm like, well, sorry, can't get this Tylenol because the <laughs> there's not an order for it. Yeah. So I, I feel like all my problems would be solved if I there was a doctor right there. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, uh, what are the teaching hospitals? They have the doctors right there. So you can do that there. Like Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a hospital down for me that they have like two residents on staff at all times. And then they have like two night residents on staff. So you can wake them up and like talk to them. But they're mainly on night schedule. So I'm like, what? It's like. Crazy anatomy up in here so i was like this is not how it usually is <laughs> no. yeah it's not the hospital i work at but another hospital nearby mm, okay my parents started watching that show when i was in high school and i would come in and like you know while eating dinner watch like an episode with them so i maybe saw like the first season it's totally inaccurate it's just oh, oh i know it's that because there's a whole where one of them flatlines or something and then it's like a dream sequence and it's it's just immediately soap opera territory. I hate that show. (laughs) I was really not into it. Yeah. I mean, if you want to watch a medical show, Scrubs is the only... Yeah. (laughs) Scrubs is the only show that is remotely close to how hospitals work. That's what I've heard. Funny, and it has yeah. like, really sad episodes too. Yeah, no, I I love Scrubs. Me too. Mark and I just finished maybe our rewatch of Scrubs like last month. We 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 rewatch things a lot. Yeah, Andrew and I rewatch Scrubs like once a year. We ha- we haven't done it in the past year though. Like I think it's been like two years since we rewatched it. Mark quotes different parts of it like all the time. I fucking love scrubs. Like that that part where um God, what's his name? Aziz uh and sorry. Uh-huh. When you know he has that small little arc on there and he uh like raps syphilis. Oh yeah. Syphilis syphilis. <laughs> I forgot he's in that show. Yeah. Well, I rewatched it really recently, so it's pretty fresh on the brain. Um, okay, so we're wrapping it up, guys. Next week, um, we or not next week, but in February. <laughs> so at some point in February. Yeah, please not next week. I just need some time off. <laughs> yeah, not next week. Morgan gets I'm to, dying. Gets to <laughs> hang out and have me time. <laughs> um 
Yeah, um, we will be doing Dukan, uh, which I know I've talked about it in the past two episodes. I'm super excited that Keith found it for us. Um, Keith McNally will be back to do uh, that episode with us. Um, super excited to talk about Mona Fanday. What a crazy bitch. Super excited to talk about it. She's so creepy. Uh, Morgan, do you have anything to add? Uh, no. You guys want to <laughs> tell them where to find your podcast and your socials? Sure. Okay. Um, we are a sprinkle of sugar, a dash of murder. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, anywhere you get your podcast, and you can follow us on Twitter at Sugar Murder Pod and our Facebook, which is the name of our podcast. Excellent. Are you going to post some pictures of that food? Is it on there? Yeah, um, so we'll post the pictures of the drinks that we made and then um, just from our last podcast, and then I could send you guys pictures of, um, and I'll probably also post them, but I can send you pictures and the recipe for the pan, the not pancakes. Oh, I'm my bad. The Bellini. 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 Come on, and they're I not crisps that. either, even though they're Sorry. exactly like crisps. I want to. Sorry, Russian listeners. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds I'm good. I'm excited. Yeah, we'd like that. All right. Well, um, we'll see you guys twice in February at some point, probably at the latter half of February for Morgan's sake. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, watch some horror movies, guys. Peace out. Bye. Bye. Hey, friends. It's Morgan. I bet you're wondering what that new track was at the beginning of this episode. Well, we have a new theme song. Big shout out goes to Cody Von Dell for allowing us to use a clip from his Halloween track. Check out Cody Von Dell on Spotify and Instagram. He recently released a new single, so go check it out. That's Cody Von Dell, V as in Victor, O-N-D-E-L-L. Thanks again, Cody. We love it.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. 